All right, if you can take a seat here, we'll uh, get started soon. Worksheets should be coming. Let me uh, pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for uh, just bringing us here today where we can gather to, to worship you and learn uh, from your word. Uh, it's always a joy in the book of James learning uh, all these truths and especially getting rebuked, uh, getting called to repentance. Lord, we pray that uh, we won't take this lightly. We'll take it seriously and, and see change in our lives. Um, even today, Lord, we will pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how we speak about others says a lot about our hearts. Do we seek to build up the body of Christ or to tear it down? Today we start a new two-part message in the book of James. The goal is to speak wisely. All right, that's going to be our focus in these two weeks. After a call to repentance, James will give us some more imperatives to follow. The first one has to do with speech. And so I want you to briefly think with me about this theme of speech throughout the book of James. If you go to James chapter 1, verse 6, you remember there, he starts with, let him ask God for wisdom, right? And in order to ask, you need to speak to God. You need to pray and you say, Lord, please bless me with wisdom. So we see speech there. And then in verse 13, more specifically about false doctrine, let no one say when he is tempted. Right there, James is telling us, don't say this. Don't say that I am being tempted by God. Then in verse, chapter 2, verse 3, remember the spokesperson, uh, and you pay special attention to the one who's wearing the fine clothes, and say, you sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you sit over there. And so there we have speech in how to handle uh, different people, and we see there the sin of partiality. And then verse 11 and 12 of chapter 2, for he who said, right, this is something that God said, do not commit adultery, do not commit murder. Uh, and, and obviously God values the speech there because that's what he said and we have to obey him. Then uh, verse 16 and 18, you also see here, and one of you says to them, go in peace. There we, we learned about how, how hypocritical it would be if someone is in need and you're not helping them and you're just saying god bless you god's going to provide there with the speech we're saying we don't care and then in verse 18 again about false doctrine but someone may well say you have faith and i have works they're trying to separate faith from works again saying something that is false that is not true chapter 3 verse 2 we also saw this we all stumble in many ways if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is um a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. Again, we see that how you say something matters. What you control uh, with your tongue matters because it shows that you are a mature believer. We see in verse 9 and 10, talking about the tongue, with it you bless our Lord and Father, with it you curse men. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother, this ought not to be this way. Once again, we see that with the mouth you can bless others or you could curse others. And then verse uh, chapter 4, verse 2, last one here. In our media contest, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Again, it goes back to chapter 1, verse 6, where 
obviously to ask is to pray and you're speaking out loud, Lord, please bless me with this or help me with this. And so we see throughout the book of James, he cares about our speech. All right. Let me just recap briefly uh, the context of our text. In the book of James, we went over chapter 4, verses 7 to 10 last week. If you weren't here, that's okay. We discussed the plea to the proud, right? We saw the problems and the pleasures of the proud. And now, after that, we saw the plea to the proud. James is going to call them to repentance. That was the focus of last week, repentance. And we saw that in James chapter 4, verse 7, with submitting, therefore, yourselves to God, right? The authority there is God, and we ought to obey Him. Then we saw that we ought to approach God uh, in humility, right? Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. We also saw a call to repentance in our attitude and our action, right? Uh, cleanse your hands, O oh, you sinners. And, and what about uh, those that have to purify their hearts, you double-minded? We see the heart, right? The attitude, the internal. And then we see the hands, the action. What are you doing? Stopping the violence. We see there uh, the external. So we need to work on submitting to God, right? The authority. We need to approach God in a humble manner. And our attitude and action needs to change. We also, in James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10, we learn about the promises of God, right? There were security, solace, and salvation. We have this promise in Scripture that God is going to protect us, right? The devil will flee from you. We also saw that God's going to give us peace. He's going to draw near to us. And then salvation, he will exalt you. And so we have these promises we can hold on to in Scripture, now, for this morning, we're going to look at James chapter 4, verse 11. So if you have your Bibles, James chapter 4, verse 11. We only have two verses to handle today, uh, but these are convicting, okay? So look at with me, James 4, 11. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. And so in this verse, we observe the next command from James after his rapid-fire ten commands in the previous verses. And we're going to discuss the topic of judgment, so be ready to interact here. And we're going to be reminded of the family of Christ, right? We've been adopted into this family of Christ, and we have this law that we are to follow. And if we are true children of God, we are going to follow that law of love. So this command, what's the command here? What's the imperative? It's very crucial for us to follow because... If we're saying we really repented of our sins, like James just told us to, right? We're drawing near to God. We're submitting to God. All these things, uh, we're, we're mourning for our sins. Then we're going to see a change in our speech. And what does James say? Do not speak evil of one another. Or do not speak against one another. Do not slander one another. And so a good question to ask yourself is, are you acting like Satan's child? James is telling us to stop it. Stop the willful false accusations. Stop the exaggerations of problems. Stop the needless repetitions of people who have fallen short. Stop the critical, insulting speech to influence others against the person spoken of. Stop it. And we need to stop with that temper that deliberately calls attention to the faults of others while minimizing their virtues, right? All we see is the negative, the bad. Uh, this person is the worst person ever, and we never show how God has been using them and growing them. And so this word slander denotes many kinds of harmful speech, such as questioning legitimate authority, 
Uh, for example, in uh, Numbers 21, we see Israel's, what, what happened with Israel. They were speaking against God because they were attacking Moses, right? They did not believe that God was using Moses. Obviously, he was. We see in Psalm 101 about slandering someone in secret. We see in 1 Peter 2, bringing incorrect accusations. And so the list goes on about this slander, right? Personal attacks, judgmental attitudes. And so I think what would help us to see here uh, is Leviticus 19, verses 15 to 16. Go to Leviticus 19. I want you to see here how uh, the Old Testament is just beautiful. Um, God has established this law to not slander um, way long ago. And it connects with something really important. It connects with, well, let me not spoil it. Look at Leviticus 19. And look at verse 15 and 16. So it starts off, and it's very similar to James chapter 2, right? Obviously, James talking to his Jewish audience. Uh, but look at Leviticus 19, 15. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, no defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. And then look what it ties into. Look at verse 19. Uh, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but what should you do? Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so we see this connection in James. All right, no partiality, no slander. Love your neighbor. This has been the truth throughout time. This is what God has called us to be. And so one great sign of someone who has truly repented of their sins is if you see a change in their speech. Remember James chapter 1, verse 26, that there are those that think they're religious, but they're deceiving because they're not controlling the tongue. And then in James chapter 3, verse 2, we see that someone's maturity, uh, that perfect man is someone who does not um, stumble in what he says. And so... Question for us is, are we controlling the tongue or deceiving ourselves? Are we mature or immature? And so that lesson in controlling the tongue uh, must not be forgotten, right? Our text, James, is again uh, giving us the importance of saying no to the flesh, right? Saying no to that gossip or that, um, that false speech, that slander. And so what is James talking about here in James chapter 4, verse 11? He's talking about hypocritical judgment, all right? Um, because some of you might be like, oh, so I'm never allowed to disagree with a brother in Christ, right? I'm not able to speak against them. Um, if they say something I don't like, it's okay. No, 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 that's not what James is saying. He's talking about hypocritical judgment. And so let me ask you this question. We need to know the difference. What is righteous judgment? Let's start with that, and then we'll get into hypocritical judgment. We're allowed to judge people? Anyone else want to try? Okay. Admonishing, yes. Anyone else? Are we allowed to judge one another? Yes, Evan. Okay. Interesting. I see your point there. Okay. Well, what does Jesus say about righteous judgment? Huh? Um, I think if you righteously um, speak for another person, you can save their soul. Mm. That's, um, okay. Good, good. Yeah, Jesus says, do not judge by mere appearance, right? Get someone, 
come in with raggedy clothes. What are they doing? Where's your church clothes? No, no, no. We have to judge with righteous judgment. When you're using the law of God and, and you're sharing, kind of like what Nancy mentioned, um, the truth, people are going to get saved. People are going to uh, get confronted with their sin. And, and so it's okay to judge righteously in the sense of presenting the gospel, right? The gospel is offensive. People are not going to like to hear it, that you're calling them a sinner. And ultimately, it's not really you calling them a sinner. It's the Word of God calling them a sinner, right? And it's you acknowledging, I'm a sinner too. And, and so righteous judgment is allowed. Um, we see Jesus doing this all the time with Peter. Get behind me, Satan, right? Because he was not thinking about the will of God, but the will of man. Um, and then if you read Matthew 1, uh, chapter 7, verse uh, 1, verses 5, we see there that even though it says do not judge, what is Jesus getting at? He's getting at hypocritical judgment. Um, and so l- let me ask you that question. What would be an example? Or what is someone judging hypocritically? What is someone judging hypocritically? What does that look like? Maybe you can give me a, a today example of someone doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, interesting point. So, yeah, I get the aspect of we're all sinners we we definitely fall short um but i think what i'm trying to tone in on is hypocritical judgment uh-huh yeah very good so that's like the Pharisee. oh you had one little okay yeah so i mentioned matthew 7 Jesus says, take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. So technically, yes, you're allowed to take the speck out of your brother's eye. But if there's a log in your eye, whoa, 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 hold up. Um, don't be hypocritical. Uh, Romans 14, 1 to 6 also talks about um, you know, Christian liberty and, and you have this conscience and you have this brother who is uh, the weaker brother who thinks they shouldn't eat uh, meat. And so they're only eating vegetables and whatnot. Uh, someone who is being hypocritical or someone who's uh, not being loving would be someone that judges that person. Like, what are you doing? Of course we could eat meat. And, you know, they show all the verses. But if the person in their conscience, uh, to them it's a sin, it, it's not good for us to try to um, be, be legalistic or, or be hypocritical and, and judgmental there if they, they think it's wrong. And so we need to make sure we protect our brothers and not judge them harshly. All right. Back to James chapter 4, verse 11. If you notice there, there is a key word that James often says. Does anyone see it there in James chapter 4, verse 11? Who are we? Brethren? Beautiful, yes, yes. Um, We could quickly read over that word, but remember, this word is said often throughout the letter. Beloved brethren, my brethren, right? It reminds us of the pastoral concern that James has. He truly cares about the family of Christ and their spiritual growth. And so one reason we shouldn't speak against one another is that we're family, right? We are family, and so we should speak to one another in encouragement for each other's edification, right? And so don't forget that you're part of the body of Christ. Sometimes we think we're more important or superior because we're more involved in the church, but no, we need each of us working together. That's why we reach out to one another. We keep each other accountable and pray for our family, But let's say we aren't family. 
What about unbelievers? Are we allowed to speak against them and, and judge them hypocritically? No. We're not free to talk bad about them. God has created all human beings in his image. And we need to learn to respect one another, even those who are our enemies, right? We're called to love them. We're not called to be arrogant. For example, the leaders of this nearby high school in Port Washington who may not want the Bible club to be active, we're called to pray for them, right? It can be so easy um, to just uh, get mad and angry and, and, and maybe hate them, but we are called to pray for them. So we see here uh, arrogance in this verse, in chapter uh, 4, verse 11. It really is the heart issue, arrogance or pride, that we find in this verse. In verse 11, we observe that speaking against one another, what is it actually? Anyone see it there? What's the connection there? What are you actually doing when you're speaking against one another? Yes, you're speaking against the, huh? the law. Yes, we're speaking against the law, and we're reminded uh, that this is dangerous, you know, this pride that we're judging the law God has given us, right? And so it goes deeper than just judging one another hypocritically. You're going against God. Now, we see this throughout uh, the book of James um, Chapter 1, verse 6, we see there's someone who is doubting. Uh, not this, I have questions, more like, I don't think you can do it, God. Uh, this, this arrogance there. Uh, verse 20 of chapter 1 and verse 11, we, we hear about uh, the person who's trying to achieve the righteousness of God by the anger of man. And of course, we know that does not work. And, and so James calls them to uh, put aside all that malice and that envy. Um, and, and we see this theme throughout the book of James of arrogance. We see also in James chapter 2, verse 4, um, that the person is an evil judge. Look at James chapter 2, verse 4. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? And then chapter 3, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. And so we see throughout uh, the book of James these people that are uh, pretty much enemies of God. They, they hate God. They um, are friends with the world, right? They're acting like adulteresses. Um, and God is opposed to the proud. And so uh, there is a danger of arrogance. And we need to be careful as believers because we could fall into this as well, right? Uh, you could fall into spiritual adultery. You could fall into arrogance. All right. Uh, throughout the letter, James has not called us to this prideful attire. He has called us to clothe ourselves in humility and to be a blessed doer, right? So the question in this verse that we need to answer is, are we blessed doers of the law or judges of the law? But before we answer that, let me remind you of this law because it keeps coming up, right? Uh, in James chapter 1, verse 25, this law is called the perfect law or the law of liberty, those who observe this law and do it are blessed in what they do. And then we see in James chapter 2, verse 8, we learn that this law is the royal law, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And they are commended if they follow this law. Um, if you remember, it says, you are doing well. And then lastly, in James chapter 2, verse 12, we see here we're called to speak and so act as those that are being judged by the law of liberty. And so what's the answer to our question? Are we doers of the law of love? Or do we act like we're above the law? And so God has called us to love our neighbor, and that should be enough to obey this law. But many will continue in their pride and, and act like they are the judge. They put themselves in the position 
of God, they are actually deceived hearers who do not do the word. They judge it and, and they act like, hey, you know, I can do whatever I want. And so any questions or comments about hypocritical judgment? This is the first verse we're tackling and we'll get to the next one in a second. Hypocritical judgment, any questions or comments? All right. Let's go to some brief applications here. Are you judging incorrectly or hypocritically? Uh, that's really important to ask yourself. Man, how have I been judging lately? Have I been a hypocrite? Right? And then secondly, are you a doer of the law? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? All these questions, we hear it pretty much every week, but we need to remind ourselves of this. Are we being people that are blessed doers or deceived hearers? All right, our last verse for today. And it's uh, James chapter 4, verse 12. Let's read it here. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you who judge your neighbor? So in this verse, we observe characteristics of the creator of the law. And knowing who God is will stop us in our tracks to ask ourselves, who do we think we are? Who do you think you are? So, a couple of characteristics here about the lawgiver. First of all, there's only one. There's only one lawgiver. If there was another, then we would follow two masters. But no, that's not the case. God is the only one who has given us the law through his word. If you remember, in James chapter 2, verse 11, it is God who said, do not commit adultery and do not commit murder. Remember, uh, these words were recorded uh, by Moses when he uh, went up that mountain with God. And, and so God spoke this and Moses wrote it down, right? And so the law ultimately comes from God. And in the New Testament, uh, obviously we have the, the same Lord. Um, Jesus is reiterating the law, right? He stated that anger against your brother is murder in the heart and lusting after a woman is committing adultery in the heart. What does Jesus call us to do? Treat people the same way we want them to treat us. And then in John chapter 15, verse 12, uh, he commanded us to love one another just as I have loved you. And so the question is, are we going to follow the words of God, what he said, or are we going to follow our own words, what we want to do, our pride? And we know that those who follow God's law are blessed, and those who do not will be damned. We know that God is righteous. He is holy. The law just reflects that. But let's keep it real. We do not follow the law completely, right? We do not love God with our whole heart, soul, strength, and mind and love our neighbor as ourselves, so we fall short. That is why we need a Savior. The good news is that the lawgiver is able to save, we read in James. We observe this throughout James, uh, you know, just how the Lord saves. In chapter 1, verse 12, he is the one that will give us the crown of life, talking about eternal life, to those who persevere, those who are lowly, right? They're, they're going to be exalted. In James chapter 1, verse 21, He has given us His Word, which is able to save our souls. Uh, God has given us His revelation in, in the Word of God, revealed Himself. And, and, and I know many atheists are like, oh, I just need God to show me, reveal Himself, and then I'll believe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's given us His Word. What are you doing? Um, he's revealed Himself through His Word, and so that's able to save our souls. And James chapter 2, verse 15 we will be heirs of the kingdom, right? Talking about choosing the poor, they'll be rich in faith, and that we will have the kingdom soon. We will be heirs. 
And so rather than being arrogant, we ought to humble ourselves and rejoice in God's salvation. It's because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we can enter his kingdom. But that's not the only way the lawgiver deals with people. Uh Uh-oh. He can also destroy them, those he wishes, right? He can allow them to perish if that is his will. If you see in James chapter 4, 11, that's the other thing he's able to do. He's able to save, but he's also able to destroy. Uh, we read about this in Matthew 10, 28. Jesus told us, Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. And so God is powerful. Humans may damage our body. They may hurt our soul, you know, make fun of us, all these different things, but they cannot send us to hell. Only God can do that. And as the lawgiver, those who break his law are in the perfect position for his judgment, right? They have every reason to perish or to be destroyed. And, if, and they will if they continue in their sins. Now, we know throughout the book of James that uh, judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. And those who wish to be friends of the world, um, they will make themselves enemies of God. And we know God is opposed to the brow, uh, proud, And so God has every right to give them what they deserve. He is the one true judge. All right, we're almost done here. As the only judge, he hears the cries of the righteous. And he will punish the wicked. He is all-knowing, right? More characteristics about our Lord. He hears every complaint, every groan. He sees when we speak against our brothers. He is ready to discipline those he loves. He is able to restore those who repent of their sin. And so we can be encouraged that we serve the good judge. Who are we to judge hypocritically and act like we're the judge of the world? Because we're not the judge. God is. I I really like if you read the book of Job, uh, chapter 38, um, (laughs) and maybe, you know, Job is going through these hard trials. Why all these trials? You know, what have I done? All these different questions are going on. And I love God's answer, right? Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Um, And if you, I just encourage you to read uh, Job chapter 38 there. Um, My friend, he he recently got uh, a new job as a court officer. And I asked him, what would happen if you as the court officer started to pretend you were the judge? Right? You, you sat in his seat, maybe took his, his uh, clothes or something when he was getting ready, I don't know. Um, and you start to make judgments in case, about these cases. All right, yeah, you, 10 years in jail, okay. You start making these judgments, right? Even at the, what is it, the mount? Gavel. Gavel, okay. Gavel, okay, thank you. Um, and, and he told me, that would be disrespectful. It is also foolish because as a court officer, the judge is the person I am serving. I'm supposed to protect the judge, not spit in his face. I would also be hit with a fine because that is against the law. So beloved, the next time we act like the judge, think about this. You're going against the law. Who are you? Well, you're not God. You're supposed to serve God and that involves loving your neighbor, not speaking evil of them. And so we need to stop hypocritically judging our neighbor. All right, just some applications here. Um, First one is, who are you? Right, let that sink in for this week. Who are you? Humble yourself. Remind yourself that you're not God. You are not God. Um, You are a sinner in need of grace daily. And praise the Lord, we have 
uh, the high priest that we can go to daily. And lastly, who is God? Yeah, we need to know he is the one we serve, right? He is the judge, and he's the only judge. And maybe you see a lot of things going on in a brother or sister. Uh, ask the Lord, pray for that person and say, Lord, they need you. They're going through a tough time. And, and maybe you're going through a good time. Don't just say, like, everything's going to be all right. Pray that the Lord will just continue working in your heart and, and, and helping you with these different areas of sin. In conclusion, uh, we are called to speak wisely about people, right? This means we will stop speaking against our brothers in Christ. We will love them and recognize who the only judge is, right? He's able to save and to destroy. And so let's point others to him and stop the hypocrisy, right? Next week, we're going to discuss uh, how we ought to speak wisely about plans. Uh, are we being compassionate towards others? Are we acknowledging God's sovereignty? Or are we being conceited, right? Uh, this should cause us to reflect more on our speech. Amen? Let's pray.